Hey, everybody, it's Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And I know you want to see this next episode, but right before we do it, just want to remind you that if you have an Amazon device, whether it's a TV or a Fire Stick or Fire Cube or whatever it would be, a Fire Box if you're old school, uh, make sure you add the CMSPN to it. Just look up CMS Podcast Network on your Amazon device add the channel and you will get every episode of all four shows for free right there on your TV. Make us part of your TV viewing every single day and night. All right. Uh, it's the CMS podcast network, cmspn.com. And it is now on Amazon. So get it. All right. All right. Here's the episode you came to see. It is your classic metal show right here on the classicmetalshow.com. That is Axel Rudy Pell with his cover of uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. And uh, a guy who is also in the air with me is my good friend and partner, Chris Aiken. What's going on there, Chris? What is up, sir? How are we doing? Well, we're, we're good. I just uh, felt I should play in the air tonight to uh, pay tribute to uh, the passing of Cleveland radio host and and radio legend uh, yeah. Mike Trevisano, who passed away on Thursday. Yeah, how about that, man? Yeah, we were just talking about him just what a week or two ago. Well, it was a week ago, and uh, you know, you text me on Thursday and said to me, "Hey, Mike Trevisano passed away." Yeah, dude, and and from the sound of it, first of all, this is the first time I had heard the Mike Trevisano show. In probably a decade, I really had not heard it. I tuned in to hear what happened because it came across the it came across the wire, the the news wire that he passed, and I was like, "Wow, what happened?" You know, I was I was honestly I ain't gonna lie, I was looking to see if they were gonna try and say it was COVID or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, as they say for everybody, I I was really looking to see if Mike Trevisano dies from COVID, right? But, but um. From the looks of it, it looks like he just died suddenly, like getting ready for work. Yeah, like he, I, he was he was doing show prep or something, and he just dropped dead. Yeah, I uh, I looked up the news story after you uh, told me, and uh, you know it was reported right away on WKYC TV and and uh, you know the local Fox channels and stuff. So I saw it. You know, they, they said that uh, some of his, you know, radio colleagues had just, like, spoken to him, like, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And when does he go on the air? Like, 4 or something? 3 o'clock, yeah. 3, so. three o'clock. So, like, two hours before he was due to do a show, he, he died. Yeah, dude. And, and listening to, you know, they, they did the obvious tribute that you do. And, um, man, they were they were really rattled. And... And I, I'd imagine they were if their if their guy, you know, the guy that's kind of the flagship guy for the whole station, dies like two hours before airtime. You know, you're a mess. But yeah, it was it was an interesting tribute to say the least. It, some good, some bad. You know, I mean, some of these guys were getting a little crazy, little out of control with their praise. Which I get it. The guy just died, and whatever, you know. And and the guy did it. it it's funny because even I got texts saying. You guys got a hammer on this. You guys got a hammer. And I was like, well, I don't know that we're going to hammer on it per se. You know, I don't think we really had any beef with Mike Trevisano. Well, I, I used to listen to Mike Trevisano uh, when I was still driving a truck back in the early part of the 2000s. I, yeah, I said this on the show a couple of weeks ago that uh, my, you know, my day was just, you know, consumed with radio because my yeah. day started at six o'clock in the morning and it ended at six in the evening. And. Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, uh, um, and Mike Trevisano really? took me through my entire 12 hour day. Sure. Yeah. And, and I don't think we, I, I don't think either one of us were like super, super fans of him necessarily. Yeah, really. I, I, I listened to him because there was no other talk radio going on. And, you know, I didn't listen to music radio because that was right. boring. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so, uh, I would pick up WTAM about, uh, just a little west of Sandusky, mm -hmm. and I would listen to it on my way in. 
So, well, and that was the good thing for you, the 50,000 watt, you could probably listen to TAM pretty much all the way, like all the way across Ohio, probably into Pennsylvania. No. Yeah. Well, for the most part, I, I caught it coming from Toledo back to Cleveland. Okay. You know, so, so I would, uh, I would sometimes listening to, uh, what another radio station out of, um, out of Detroit, the, uh, I can't even, I can't even think of the guy's name, but there was another talk radio. I'd listen to him for, oh, I don't know, maybe an hour. Right. And then I'd switch over to, uh, to WTAM for the, for the final, uh, you know, drive into, into the Macedonia, Ohio area sure. and, and my day. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, and I, I listened to Triv on a kit when I used to work, when I used to work a job, I used to listen to Triv a lot of times driving home. You know, dri driving home, I'd flip it on. And, you know, I think our, I think my main bitch about him, about his show, really had very little to do with him. It had to do with he could never catch it to me, never got into a flow because every fucking three minutes they had more commercials on that show. That show had more commercials than any show I've ever listened to. I mean, dude, you got to admit, they had way too many commercials. Oh, I agree. I mean, but, but that, that's the whole thing that when satellite radio came on and, and, uh, you know, people were switching to their iPods and things like that. These, uh, commercial radio stations were just begging for money. You know, yeah. they, they, they had to sell a lot of advertising because nobody was listening anymore. Sure. Yeah. No, it, it, it got out of control and it, it made it easy for me to say, well, I'll just listen to the O and a replay. Even if I listen to it going in, I'll listen to it again because at least then I, I get some laughs and not interrupted by, Hey, this is Mike Trivisano for Dan Maurer Chevrolet or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it was more like that, but yeah, dude, if you would have heard these tributes and, and admittedly it was day he died. So I think it probably would have been better if, you know, a day or two had passed, but dude, literally out of control with the praise there, there, there was literally people saying, this is the goat of Cleveland radio. And this is the, the, if there's a Mount Rushmore of radio, Mike Trivisano belongs on it. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, come on. I mean, I mean, everybody in Cleveland knew who Mike Trivisano was. Uh, I don't think everybody in radio thought he was like the greatest thing. And it, it, he was just a mainstay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, greatest of all time. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, great. And especially even in Cleveland, is he the greatest of all time in Cleveland radio? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure Alan Freed or Bill Lewis or other guys <laughs> like that might have something to say about that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and, and again, uh, personally, I didn't have a, a, I didn't really have an opinion of him one way or the other. It was just kind of entertainment for, for the last hour and a half ride home, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. for me. You know, under normal circumstances, I would never just tune it in in the car or something. I just did it because I was driving a truck and there's really nothing else to do. Yeah. You know? and, and it's not like now the last 10 years, you, you, so you seeked it out as a, as a podcast to listen to. Oh, I no, got what Triv said today. I can, I can tell you that probably the last time I listened to the Mike Trivisano show was December of 2002. Yeah. So 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 20, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. But, Interesting tribute to say the least. Our friend Billy Morris called in. That was pretty cool to hear because Bill, Billy had a good relationship with the guy. And, um, and uh, hell, the last time I ran into Mike was, um, with Billy was when you remember a year, was it a year, year and a half ago, whenever it was that, um, Billy and I were out at the police station, the Twinsburg police station fe feeding the cops, right? The cops lunch. And that was a Triv event. Mike, Mike Trevisano was there and, so, you know, I ran into Mike and just was like a quick hello. You know, it wasn't like a, hey, buddy, how you been? You know, it wasn't that. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a weird, for me, it's a weird thing because I have a, my friend, my friend Seth is, it was Triv's co-host. And um, he was, he was my, mine and Matt Wardlaw's first intern at WMMS. Yeah, I, I remember. Hey, he was kind of a bigger guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the funniest thing was, remember this. You're gonna laugh at the, how old this story is. Do you remember when 
every radio station was, and I can't remember the name of the shit, but they were trying to get the fat guy. Yeah, it was like the herbal life or something like that. Yeah. And, and they were, I, I remember, I remember the discussion. Uh, somebody was having with Seth about, you know, taking the stuff and dropping the weight. And he goes, yeah, pretty soon you're going to be the guy walking along the road with your shirt, uh, draped over your back, you know, with a ripped, with a ripped physique and this, that, and the other. I, I remember them talking about it, but it was like herbal life or something. Yeah, something, something, but I remember it was blue and, and I used to bust Seth's balls relentlessly on the show. You know, he would come in and, you know, when we were off the air, you know, because we weren't allowed to bust balls about this shit on the air because it was a major sponsor. So, but off the air, I'd be like, dude, you're going to be fucking shitting blue shits. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I used to bust his balls something fierce. And then at one point he was trying to get me to get on it. He, he was, you know, because he had lost so much weight that now they needed a new fat guy. And I was the next fat guy up. And I just was like, I, you know, and he's like, dude, you're making He's like, you'll make $800 a month if you just drink this shit. You just take a teaspoon with every meal. And I was like, fuck that, bro. You know, <laughs> that's not for me. But, yeah, Seth tried to get me on this blue drink for probably six months. And, and maybe he got a commission or something if he hooked up the next fatty to be the guy. But, you know, I don't know. I just remember that. And I do, and I do remember when he got the gig at Triv. I was, like, so happy because, you know, this was my intern. Yeah, sure. You know, he was he was the intern for me and Matt, and then he got a what was a major gig in Cleveland. I mean, that's a major gig in Cleveland. Yeah, of course. You know, to be the number two, or I, I think at first he was the number three, and then he became the number two when they got rid of all the chicks off that show. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a it's a somewhat sad day, I guess, for Cleveland radio. It just it makes Cleveland radio even more homogenized now that you know a voice that kind of represented the town is gone, and I don't know what they're going to replace it with, but I'm sure it'll be something fucking garbage. I'm probably like Rover or something. Well, something something that's already syndicated in in 18 <laughs> other towns or whatever. Right. right. You know that, that that I mean that's the way commercial radio works now. Well, because it's it's inexpensive and you don't have to work out a contract with an individual you know, air talent, right? You know, you just, you just pay your royalty or whatever it is. They pay these syndicated shows yeah. and you know, that's it. That's it. And if they don't like what's being said, just flick a switch. No argument with the staff. No, no, nothing. Just, all right, well, we're going to programming now. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, you know, when, when you, uh, had texted me Thursday about it and I was just like, uh, we were just talking about that guy last week. Maybe we jinxed him. We could have. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the way that uh, the reports were, as we mentioned earlier, uh, about him just, you know, dying suddenly, that that only says one thing to me. Heart attack. COVID? No. <laughs> I, I would say heart attack. I'll, I'll guarantee yeah. you. He was kind of a heavier set guy. and. You know, probably not the most healthiest uh, lifestyle. And uh, I would say that something that takes you out that quickly, probably a heart attack. Man, he owned the steakhouse, for God's sakes. You know, he went and had steak and <laughs> steak and breaded shrimp four times a week. Yeah, sure. You know, but hey, whatever, dude. I mean, the guy lived to be 74. As far as I'm concerned, if you get to 70, you're on, you're on someone else's clock anyway at that point. <laughs> well, that only, that only leaves me 13 years. Yeah. And if you get to that, well, if you get to that point, you're, you're on someone else's time at that point. Cause you've already, you've already had your chance to do everything you want to do. Right. Exactly. You now you get past 70. That's, that's, that's when people start talking more about fucking having a garden in the backyard. And <laughs> you, you know, I think I'm going to take a walk today. I'm going to sit outside and watch the leaves fall off the trees. I mean, that's what people in the seventies do. Right. You know, they start sizing up the pens and, and deciding if it's if it's feasible to still get up and go to the bathroom or not a, every day. You know, that's what happens after 70. Is that what happens? It is. <laughs> Do you think, am I wrong? I Well, I, I'm going to I'm just going to say maybe on an average, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, not for everybody, but yeah. for for a lot of people, that's what happens. They they start they their their time going out is spent at the fucking doctor. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, how many, uh, there's a reason that every old person in a movie, you know, is, is based around a doctor visit. I know that that is the weirdest thing. How many times have you, I mean, I know that you have only because like your foot and stuff like that. Uh And obviously recent COVID and stuff, but Mm -hmm. prior, prior to that, how often did you go to the doctor? Dude, I don't even have a, I don't have a a personal care physician. I don't don't either. I mean, I haven't been to a doctor and I I can count the number of times on one hand that I've ever been to a doctor. Yeah. I I mean, outside of the burn stuff and outside of the COVID, outside of those two things, as an adult, I don't think I've been to a doctor 15 times. I, I, I bet you I haven't been to a doctor in five times. Ever? Ever. See, I've been first. I mean, there was a lot, of, especially in Korea when I was running around. There was a lot of times <laughs> I just didn't want to do. I didn't well, want to do. P- you know, the option was if you didn't do PT, then you had to get a doctor's note. So you had to go to what they called sick call. Yes. So there were several of those where I'd go to yeah, sick but, call. But, but that, was, that was self-inflicted, though. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't go out of necessity. You, no. You, you went out for other reasons. But I'm talking yeah. out of necessity. Yeah. I, I went the one time out of out of necessity when um when i wasn't sleeping and i got real dehydrated when i was building pinball pa right i've told that story about my friend that's the doctor that was like go in the backyard and dig a hole because you're gonna die if you don't go to bed but but again um, that was self-inflicted, self-inflicted. sure well right. that, that's but, all mine but what i'm saying is you didn't have like a disease or and no. i can and i can tell you the last time i i went to a doctor was like 2000 and I'm going to say it was like 2006 yeah, because I had a really bad throat infection. Okay. I had, you know, and in fact, I think that was the last time I actually was sick was like that because I had, I had gotten this bad throat infection and I went to a doctor and got examined and they, you know, prescribed some antibiotics and it was gone in like, you know, three or four days. Right. And, and, but that's the last time I went, but that was out of necessity and that wasn't self-inflicted. I just picked up a virus or something, you know? Yeah. The only, the only two times I can think of, well, three times I can think of was when I tore my MCL working at the steel mill, you know, I obviously went to the doctor to, and had to have surgery on that. So, and that wasn't really self-inflicted. I was just working and it tore. Um, and then, I tore my ACL right when my kid was going through his cancer treatment and it it just was hurting out of control. So I went to the doctor and they were like, have surgery. I was like, fuck that. I ain't got time for that. (laughs) So so I put a knee brace on and then just sort of healed, I guess healed enough. And then, um, and then you remember like five years ago when I had all those back problems, Yeah, I did go to the doctor for the back problems and 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 I listened to that. So uh, you know what he said to me? Stop sitting in front of a fucking computer for five or six hours. <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll get right on that, Doc. Right. <laughs> you know, too too funny. But but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm like you, man. Not not doctor guy. It's and it's funny. My mom, you know, my mom's 20 years older. But she's in her 70s. And I talk to her about once a week, you know, that's, that's kind of our deal as we, you know, I keep in touch once a week and every time I talk to her, it's a doctor thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this week I talked to her, she, you know, I talked to her, my birthday was Wednesday. So I talked to her on my birthday and she was like, yeah, I was at the doctor today. I got an injection in my back and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Ugh. I was like, you know, but, but all the time, all the time with, with my mom, it's, I had to go to the doctor because my throat was swelling. I had to go to the doctor to get my prescription changed. I had to go to the doctor to get the, I have to get my annual so that I could keep on my meta, whatever, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I got a, I got a health card, an insurance card after the COVID, you know, somehow, some way I convinced the, the, the lovely state of Ohio to pay for the, all the COVID stuff. Okay. That was nice. And they sent me like a, a healthcare card. And I looked at this thing. And I was like, this thing is never going to see the light of day again. <laughs> it's going to sit in my, it's going to sit in my wallet until it expires. And it's never going to be used a second time. Right. You know, because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be, 
unless I get COVID again, I'm not going to be back at the hospital again. Sure. There's just no chance of that. Yeah. They want me to do every six month checkups. Yeah. That's going to happen. What for COVID? Yeah. yeah you're going to get, you're going to get a checkup every six months for COVID. That's what they want. Really? I'm not doing that. It's like, that's, that's bizarre. You know when I'll you know when I'll have another another checkup when I start going <laughs> like I was doing before. Yeah. That's when I'll go have a checkup for COVID. Right. <laughs> and yeah. even that, it took a lot more than that to get me to go the first time. You know, I I, I wondered it's funny, somebody asked me that the other day if, if I would jump quicker now to to go to the hospital. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't know. Yeah. I would like to think yes. I would like to think I wouldn't take it right down to the to the bitter end like I did this last time. But you know me well enough to know. I probably wouldn't. Right. I'll probably be like, ah, I'm I I understand it more now. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'd be more. you'd be knocking on death's door before they <laughs> drag you to the hospital. Just like I was this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I, I was talking to a guy earlier this week yeah and we were talking about the the covid and the shots mm-hmm. and all that crap and yeah uh, and you know he he told me he he had the covid uh like mm-hmm. earlier in the year all right but then then he went and got the vaccine too and okay. i said i said okay and he goes and i he goes so he was asking my thoughts on it and i said well i'm seeing these studies come out that if you have if you've had the covid that your immunities are way stronger than what the vaccine could provide. And the vaccine is almost pointless to take if you've got the antibodies, mm-hmm. you know, already. Well, I just like to first thank you for getting us a yet another copyright stri- or content strike, Neely, for saying that. <laughs> but, uh, and he goes, I said, I don't know. I, I said, I'm just really suspicious about what the, what, why the push is so harsh, hard on this. I sure. said, They've never pushed anything this hard before. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, I know. My wife keeps saying the same thing. She keeps saying, what, why are they pushing this so hard? Why do they keep pushing this so hard? And I well, said, I, I, I wonder why it is too. Why are they pushing it so hard? Well, and, I honestly believe that it's, it's, it's all about safety. It's about keeping us safe and nothing else. Do you hear me, YouTube? Do you hear me sucking your cock, YouTube? I'm sucking your dick so you don't give me another strike on my account, YouTube, you cocksucking fuck faces. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so he said, yeah, I went and got, uh, I said, well, what, what is that all about? And I said, and, and, you know, this Vax Pass stuff, you know, I, I, we were discussing, you know, all these, uh, you know, this, these Democrats with their, well, it's racist to have to show an ID to vote, but yet they want you to have a vax pass, but that's yeah. not racist. It's like, no. well, well, you know, they want you to identify yourself as having, you know, the shot, but not identify yourself if you want to vote. Well, maybe it's so that 10 years down the road or two years down the road or two months down the road, they can just put your put your information in your arm with your, with your vax. Right. Exactly. So he goes, yeah. He says, you know what, what's really weird. He says, I went and got that, that COVID shot. And he said, somehow that vax pass ended up on my phone. I didn't put it there. It just, it just ended up on there. How did that happen? (laughs) Yeah. It, it, the whole thing is a mess, dude. It's a scam. Yeah. I, I, I'm like you, I, I can't figure out exactly what the play is. I assume it's population control later down the line. If you just get, you know, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole, if you get the, if you get the stupid sheep used to eating out of the trough, they'll just keep going to the trough. Yeah. Then you can put poison in the trough and kill them all without even putting much effort in. Right. Maybe, you know, that's the only thing I can think of. And and I just keep hearing this mandates, 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 mandates. Why? When, when did they ever mandate or attempt to mandate your liberty before like that? Never. When? Never. Yeah. I think, I think the Brit, the British might've tried to mandate it in 1774, five. <laughs> I think they tried that shit. Didn't go well for them. So no. yeah, it's a dude, the whole thing's a mess and it drives me crazy. And you know, it, even even in TV shows now that have nothing to do with this shit, 
it, it's it's like this subliminal shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I was watching SVU this week, and you know, hit the wall, hit the wall. Mariska was walking her her kid to school, so she walks the kid to school, and she's having some horrible conversation that's way too foofy for my taste with the with fucking young Noah. And then she goes, "Okay, have a nice day." And the kid wa- starts walking away, and she goes. Hey Noah, put on your mask. <laughs> and it was like totally unnecessary, but they had to drive that point home, you know, because they're trying to help the fucking schools with the with the mask shit. They're trying to so they're subliminally trying to tell you you should be sending your child to school with a mask too. Right. Like like Olivia here on SVU who's such a good parent. You know, it's like it's just stop stop with your bullshit yeah well i i know that uh you and i checked out the new uh episode of of curb your enthusiasm oh, which was- debuted last sunday and uh you know they they had a you know i'm not going to get into the whole thing but uh they were talking about people who hoard uh you know supplies during the covid right. They call calling them COVID hoarders. COVID hoarders, <laughs> and uh, they come to find out that their friend Albert Brooks was hoarding COVID supplies with the hand sanitizer and you know the the sanitizing wipes and right. uh, paper towels and and toilet paper and all that other stuff. It's just COVID hoarder, COVID, <laughs> and it just became a gang or a mob mentality. Yeah, <laughs> they were gonna ba- basically drag this guy out and lynch him for being a COVID hoarder. Right. <laughs> you took away from the hero. Remember that was the funniest line. Was the lady goes, "You stole from the heroes." <laughs> almost like stolen valor or something dude say what you will larry david is a fucking genius i I have said that for Uh, decades you know know what a big fan i was i know he he's he is just you know i i love writing i love writing more than anything in in my tv Mm -hmm. tv movies whatever if it's got great dialogue i'm pretty much in and larry david is the king yes his the writing is so good that even like you know there there were most of the politics of Larry David I'm are like a thousand percent against what I'm into, and yet I laugh my fucking balls off at every dude. I, I'm sure that the the shit about the Don Junior and you ruined the Don Junior name and all that. I'm sure you heard that and you were just like fucking asshole. And and meanwhile I was laughing my ass off when he said because I was just like what a what a nice casual twist they put on that thing yeah you know it was like man everything about that show she plopped she's a plopper she's a plopper plopper. i was fucking dying yeah spilling his wine all over the couch that was great well i'm not paying for the whole couch i'm only paying for it shut up you plopped yeah well you plopped (laughs) so fucking funny uh, it's always so funny because because Larry, even though he can be kind of a, um, I don't know, I, what, what would you call? How would you describe Larry? Is he? He's not. A, he, well, he is. Yeah, he, he's not. He's not really a dick per se, you know. But he has a lot of valid points. Yeah. When he, when he calls people out, but no one will back him up on stuff. Well, and, because, and he, because he's and, aggressive. He's. Yeah. He's he doesn't care what people think about. Well, and that's the weird thing. He does care what people think about him, but he pretends that he doesn't up until they call him on it. Right. And that's the that's the weird dynamic of the Larry David character. (laughs) He's always he's he's really a victim a lot of the time, you know, things that aren't even his fault. But yet he gets blamed for it all the time because uh-huh. it always gets twisted around that he's he's the asshole. Right. I'm not the I'm not the bad guy here. <laughs> well, yeah, that the, the whole the, here. Here's the spoiler. We are going to share everything about this fucking episode. So fuck off if you haven't watched it yet. But, um, you know, that that whole thing about the guy with the money. Yeah. He sees this guy. He owes him six grand. It's not like it's like two dollars or something. He owes right. him six thousand dollars. 
And, and he's like, hey, you never paid that money. You're an asshole for coming up to me and asking me in public for that money. You could have just called me. You know, the guy like attacked him. And Larry David's like, what? You owe me $6,000. How am I the asshole? I've given you six months. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now I'm the asshole for asking you for it. <laughs> what, are you a stalker? Were you stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you notice his friend, his friend, what whatever his friend's name is, um, the, the agent guy. Oh, Jeff Green. He had the typical reaction that most people would have. Which is the whole, oh, don't go and say nothing to him. Just let it go. Leave him alone. Don't, you know, that's the typical person is they don't want any of the confrontation. And Larry's like, fuck that. There he is. And he owes me $6,000. I'm going to go ask him about it. I loved his his line about dementia. The, the guy said, yeah, you, you don't need to bother him. He's going through dementia. And he goes, well, I better hit him fast before he forgets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I own I own all the seasons of Curb on on DVD. Okay, and, and I always look forward to the new season. In fact, I didn't even know there was a new season until you hit me up and told me it was going to debut. I was hadn't been even paying attention, you know. Sure. So uh, I was glad to see that uh, you know there is a new season of Curb, and you know he did take a break there for what well, was almost like five years, right? Yeah, he took a break for a while, but he's yeah. back. Yeah. So, you know, they had one, obviously, they, they had one last year. But prior to that, I think that was the first season, the return after like a five-year hiatus. Yeah, it was a long time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's so good. And the writing on it is excellent. And <laughs> I can't wait till tomorrow to watch another episode. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Love, love the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's And I like having something fun to watch instead of some serious bullshit to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I I keep getting sucked into the rabbit hole, and I, I don't know if you do too. I think you do. We get sucked into these serious rabbit holes of like these serious. Truthfully, it's a lot of the documentaries. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow, some way, I ended up watching the the Korean raincoats killer or whatever that thing was on Netflix. Four parts on the Korean killer, and it wasn't even that interesting, really, to me. You know, other than seeing places that I've actually walked around in. It really wasn't that interesting at all to me. I was like, big deal. Korea has a serial kill. You know, I'm so jaded to this shit because I've watched 10 bazillion serial killers at this point, you know, that I just was like, all right, big deal. He's killing fucking hookers. So what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really am at that point now. It's like, ah, so what? Dead hookers heard that before. Well, you know? I, I mean, isn't that isn't that what uh, Jack the Ripper was doing? He was killing ladies of the evening. That's what they all kind of do, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they either kill hookers or they kill chicks that they think are hookers or whores. That's what they all do. That seems to be their thing is they, they like to kill chicks that just throw pussy around. Right. Because a lot of them don't get pussy, I guess. And so they, so they are, you know, opposed to it. Yeah. It's well, I remember, you, can't have it, you can't either. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, years ago, I, I, can't remember if it was in the 70s or in the 80s but uh they were finding uh dead uh you know lot lizards prostitutes hookers whatever you want to all along i-71 right you know like between cleveland and you know down to kentucky okay you know and you know they they were finding just dead dead women along the road there you know periodically and they were you know truck stop hookers Sure, and, and so it finally led them to the capture of a of a truck driver who was, you know, picking these hookers up and killing them, and just tossing them off to the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's I I don't understand it. There's there's obviously something missing in their brain. Mm-hmm. You know that that thought. You know, because I don't know. I mean, you haven't really been in any fights, but even when I go in and get into like a fist fight, I still have that piece in my head that tells me what I'm getting ready to do is wrong. You know, they they can't they must just not have that when you're coming at somebody with an axe or a hacksaw or some shit and you don't care about sawing their head off or whatever. (laughs) You know, there's just something there's something because I'm telling even when I watch it in like a movie or something. There's a part of me is like I could never fucking do that. Right. 
Oh, there's a part like remember when um in the Sopranos when um Tony killed um Ralphie? Yeah. And and he called Christopher and Christopher was cutting off the feet and the hands and the head and stuff. <laughs> and they pulled his wig off. Yeah, they put and he's like, ah! he was <laughs> he was scared and and the the dichotomy of that. He was horrified that he pulled the guy's wig off, but he wasn't horrified cutting his head off. <laughs> he was like, I could do this. No biggie. Yeah. He he didn't have a problem with that, but he had a problem that he took the hair off the guy's head. Yeah. You know, that was a wig. He's like, ah, you know, like, you know, and that's how I would be. If you handed me a knife and said, here, cut this guy's fucking hands off. <laughs> right. I'd be like, I can't do that. And they put it in a bowling ball bag. Yeah. <laughs> and and then buried it with the with the backhoe backhoe yeah <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you learn to operate one of these t yeah. that's a good episode yeah we're gonna we're just gonna bury ralphie's head in a bowling ball bag right <laughs> dude i i watched this thing i know we're all over the map today but whatever yeah, you know, it's it's way to get the show started yeah, it's warm up but so i watched this thing they had a they had a Sopranos get together of all the cast members. Like this is maybe last year. Okay. Sometime last year. And they were talking about different scenes and the relationships that they all had to Gandolfini and whatnot. And, um, and they all universally said, and I'm curious if you agree with this or not, they all universally think that Pine Barrens was the best episode. It's a really good one. It's good, but do you it's think a, it's the best? Well, it's very memorable for me. That that is a funny episode. It's I, great. I mean, it, it it's it's definitely um it's definitely a standout episode. I I like that one, but I think my favorite might be when Ralphie gets killed. Really? Either that one or when Ralphie when Ralphie kills the 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 the, the horror girl. Outside, yeah, outside of the bad being. What? She slipped. I'm responsible because she's a clumsy bitch. That's some funny fucking writing there. Hey, you're going to pay for this. Yeah. All right. Whatever. I'm cl I'm responsible because she's clumsy. Yeah. I, that's like my favorite line. Maybe in the entire Sopranos arc, I'm responsible because she's clumsy. Yeah. Meanwhile, he beat her to death. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> Well, that that's just that that's just that mentality that uh, you know I I take no responsibility for any of this. Yeah, I, it just was so fun, and the whole the whole she comes up naked with the fucking rocking body with the fucking bread, <laughs> and she's like, "Tony, I made you some bread," and 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 um, what's his name, Sill is like, he doesn't want any bread. Now take those titties up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and later, I think it was the where where she was hanging out with Ralphie. Yeah, and Sill comes into the club, and there's only two girls up on stage dancing, and there's right. supposed to be three. He goes, "We're missing an ass up there," <laughs> and and uh, that that bartender guy, the yeah. big the big bartender guy. Yeah, yeah, he says uh, he says that whatever that chick's name was was missing. So so Sill gets in his car and goes over to Ralphie's house. And basically drags her out, and because he paid for her braces, yeah. As a, you get your ass out there and get to work. Yeah. Till that three grand is paid back, those tits are mine. <laughs> 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 yeah, and the best part is Sills giving her a smack, and Ralphie's in the window laughing his ass off. That yeah. see, that's that to me is like the funniest episode. That one and. And, but dude, just the Sopranos had so many good lines, man. The fucking, the I didn't kill Pile My. I don't care. Oh, he's a fucking horse, Tony. <laughs> Get over it. He's a fucking horse. <laughs> Pile My. Pile My. <laughs> it was kind of funny when that Pile My was was winning, and Ralph, you know, uh, won all that money, and he's like. Right paying tony off you know and giving him a piece of the action and tony's just standing there looking at it and then ralph looks at his pile and then he starts piling on some more <laughs> and, and, and the part that was funny was the first time he won tony didn't even want any of it yeah ralph forced tony to take it 
And then Tony expected more. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Dude, that, that show, it had the darkest sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But it was so good, man. Uh, you know, the like when um when Tony owed fucking um what's his name? Um the Jewish guy. Oh um, Hesh. Hesh, yeah. When Tony owed Hesh the money and Hesh just comes by to see what's up and he's like, Oh, gotta pay, gotta pay the vig, gotta pay the vig. He's coming to get the bank. He's yeah. coming to get the bank. And dude's like, uh, Tony, it's okay. He's like, No, no, we gotta pay, you know. And 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 Hesh Hesh's girlfriend dies and Tony shows up not to wish condolences but just to pay his fucking vig. Right. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Here's your money. <laughs> yeah, Tony was on a bad gambling spree and b- yeah. borrowing money. It's isn't so that good. isn't that the b- most bizarre? So this this is the whole thing between uh say like Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. and, and the Sopranos. Yeah. The, these these guys, you know, always make these big scores and they've got, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars at their disposal, but yet they have none. No, none. Well, Tony always lived extravagantly. I mean, that was always Tony's biggest downfall was Tony was constantly with the boats and the big house and then the second big house and, uh, you know, the every car he had was a hundred thousand dollar vehicle and you know, and then, you know, and, and Tony always bitched about other things. Like remember the episode where Carm just ordered all new furniture. Yeah. And, and, and Tony's like, what the fuck is this? And, and she's like, Oh, I just ordered from whatever. And he's like, Oh, we got their whole showroom out here on the live in the lawn. And, and then, but then when she said, fine, we'll send it back. No, don't send it fucking back. You know, Tony <laughs> always lived on that constantly wasting all his fucking money. Yeah, I know. You know, and, he had two boats. He bought the one boat, then he bought the bigger boat. Yeah. So the, the Stugats. Yeah, and then the Stugats too. <laughs> but that, that, you know, again, that, that goes back to, like, you know, like Animal Kingdom. Those, those mm-hmm. guys are just beach bums. Mm-hmm. And they've made some huge scores yeah. to where they literally had, you know, 150, 200,000 quarter million a piece yeah. in cash. And then the next thing you know, we got to get some work. We got to get broke. It's like, what did you do with a quarter million dollars? Yeah. And none of them have shit. Nothing. They yeah. don't even have a house. They, yeah, they, they live in Smurf's house. They don't yeah. own their own properties. Yeah. The only they one that seems to have anything is Jay. Yeah. And they so, want to take it off of Jay because he's the only one that used his money the right way. <laughs> so it's just really weird. It's just like, you guys just did that big diamond heist, you know, yeah. or, or you just, you know, got, you know, got that pallet full of money from the, from the army base. Yeah. Or that, that rock thing that they stole that would netted them $800,000. Yeah, I know. And none of them had any fucking money, right? I mean, right after that heist, none of them had any money. <laughs> And they said that they got eight hundred grand for that shit. I know. It's like where where'd that go? Yeah, what you what did you do with all that money? Yeah, and and none of them none of them have anything. The one guy lives in a fucking what a bungalow on the beach. The one that had the daughter that yeah 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 you know, he, yeah he 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 was living in a shit in a shit box, and that belonged it, to Smurf. What, did that belong to Smurf? So he yeah, wasn't paying no rent for that? Yeah, that was Smurf, one of Smurf's properties. Oh, I didn't even know that. I just yeah. know that even even if he was paying rent for that, he should have been okay with 200 grand, <laughs> you know, and and he wasn't. And, you know, and he doesn't have nothing else. He has a Jeep. He has an old fucking Jeep. Yeah, a, 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 a Ranger or something like that. Yeah, something that's not, not like a $1,000 a month car payment or yeah something. it's a scout yeah nothing and you know um what's his name um the bar owner guy doesn't look like he puts a dollar into the bar because that bar is a shithole <laughs> you know and and the, the crazy guy he doesn't seem to spend money on anything no nope. pope. pope don't seem to spend money on nothing so where's all his money yeah who knows yeah that is weird now that i'm thinking about it none of them really have anything and they seem to never have any money either <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I guess I pay more attention to that kind of stuff. It's just like, this just doesn't stack up. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. It really doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get some jobs here. We're going to be out on the street. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's buying all the resi- the peripheral stuff. Cause they always do seem to have the right truck, motorcycles, mountain bike, whatever's needed for the job. All yeah. the costuming. Maybe that's where all the money goes. Well, they steal all that shit. Oh, where they got to buy the costumes at least. Don't they? <laughs> maybe, you know, I don't know. I, you're right. I, I mean, it doesn't add up when you watch the show to where all their fucking money is. Yep. It you know, they, they don't have mortgages. No. They don't have, they don't have car payments. They don't have, you know, fancy clothes or jewelry or anything. Never even seen one of them at a grocery store. No. There's always groceries too. How's that happen? <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. Just really bizarre. But, and who's uh, cleaning that pool, for God's sake? They have people jumping off the roof into the fucking pool. And then the next day, there's no bikes or nothing in the pool. Yeah. Pope, How's that? Happen? Pope cleans it all up. Yeah, maybe he does. <laughs> when he's in there spreading Smurf's ashes into the pool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible season that was. Uh, so so uh, speculating, since they found um, Baz's wife's bones. Yeah, that, that uh, Pope buried, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously they found her ID and they know who she is. So, what do you think that's going to lead to? Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, are they gonna? The they always tend to to. I mean, it's it's going to lead to somebody coming after Pope. Obviously, my my guess is that it's probably going to be Jay. Because they always sort of reference the sister, which is Jay's mom. Right. You know, they always seem to reference that. And, and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to wedge some bullshit in. See, that's what I don't like about season six is they're going to have to wedge something in. It's not going to be organic. Like the first four years of the show were where, where they had Smurf that was automatically you know, it was an automatic go-to for anything that was fucking shady. Now they got to figure, now they got to create something. And my hunch is they're going to find out that Pope somehow got the daughter using drugs or something with Smurf and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll have Jay coming after Pope or something. (laughs) That's all I can think of. You know, I mean, and again, when, when you're talking about Baz, they really didn't develop the Baz character enough to where anybody gives a shit. No. You know, I mean, Baz was dead, what, middle of the first season? Yeah, he, um, you know, he had obviously the girlfriend, wife, and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And and it was a girl that both he and Pope liked. And she ended up with uh, Baz instead of Pope. Right. And then Pope always had this unrequited love when it came to this chick. And then he was the one who ended up having to offer due to... Right. Smurfs, uh, you know, uh, encouragement. Right. And then he had her kid. Yeah. You know, him and him and Smurf were raising the kid for a minute. Wasn't that his kid? No, it was uh, Baz's kid. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I meant. Yeah. Baz and the girl he killed. That was their kid. That was their kid. So he felt responsible to try to take care of her until the, you know, the services took her away and put her in a foster home. And then, when he realized that she was better off in the foster home, he kind of let that go. Well, maybe what we'll do is we'll have Jay. We'll have Jay go and kill that kid and then tell Pope so they can have a big battle. <laughs> well, do you, now, do you think that the, uh, that the guy that they took all the money from in the last episode of the season, do you think he's going to track them down and, and uh, get, try to get retribution? Well, you, that's all that they've got left. I mean, th- th- there's only a couple of ways they can go with the current storyline, unless they just invent something new. Right. They can do that. They can somehow get a line on the girl that stole all the money from Baz. You know, that stole the money out of the out of the walls of the house. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They if they somehow get a line on that, they can go hunting for that guy. You know, and that would make some sense, I guess. But 
You know, I don't know. I dude, I don't know. I'm so down on that show right now <laughs> because it was so goddamn good. Yeah. And they ruined it this year with just a very poor season. Now, now, why do you think uh, they fa- found it necessary to off Smurf? I was, you know what? I, I sort of know the answer to this. Okay. What is it? Apparently she was a pain in the dick behind the scenes. Oh, really? Okay. She was, she was tough to work with from what and I read this in a couple places. She was tough to work with. And she was, she was trying to fucking sort of me too, the producers and stuff with ageism re- stuff. She was pointing out that, that she was getting less screen time and blah, blah, blah. And the producers were like, look, it's just the fucking story we're writing. She's like, no, no, it's because I'm old. And, you know, you're, you're putting more time into the younger people and not me and not my character. All right. You know, so she was one of those. A typical Hollywood douche nozzle. <laughs> so they just said, you know what? We're done with this shit. You're out. Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden, if you think about it, she all of a sudden had cancer and then was dead within like three episodes. Yeah. You know, from from being perfectly healthy without anything going on to sitting in the fucking room getting fucking dialysis and chemo. Chemotherapy, yeah. And yeah. And then and then they put a bullet in her skull. I'm like, all right, fucking fish hook face, you're out of here. <laughs> well, she may have been old, but Chris still liked her boobies. She had great tits, but <laughs> unfortunately, they were so heavy, they weighed down the left side of her mouth. <laughs> she really did have a fucking stroke face, didn't she? A little bit. She was like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> fucked up in her fucking mouth. <laughs> Well, this week, aside from, uh, you know, watching some of the, the, you know, curb and all that other stuff, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've still been on the O and a binge. Sure. Now this, this week I've been concentrating on the hundred impressions of, uh, Anthony Cumia. Oh yeah. I've, I've heard that. Oh my God, dude. I was listening to one, uh, earlier this week <laughs> where he was doing Andrew Dice gay. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Cause I'm a faggot. <laughs> it's just so funny doing all these, uh, doing all of uh, the Andrew Dice clayisms with the right. hickory dickory dock. Whip that out and I'll suck your cock. <laughs> you know, stuff like that because I'm a faggot. <laughs> so I'm standing in line at the bank with my tongue up this guy's ass and the guy <laughs> asked me, why do you have your tongue up my ass? And I just told him because I'm a faggot. I'm Andrew Dice Gay. <laughs> Jack and Jill went up the hill. I said Jill down because she didn't have a dick. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> then they were doing. Then they were doing. Um. Uh. He was doing Popeye. Okay. He was doing Popeye, the Lord and Savior. <laughs> oh my God. It was just, he was, it was just, just one thing after. I, I don't think I, la- I, I enjoyed all the Jocktober stuff. Sure. But holy shit, this, this, there's two, there's two, uh, full segments of, uh, Anthony's, uh, impressions. Oh yeah. And it's like 22 hours worth. It's like 11 hours each. <laughs> and oh my God. I mean, it is just nonstop listening. Right. I'm just cracking up in the morning listening to this. And, and you know, even though it's years old, mm-hmm. because I haven't heard it in years. Sure. It's like listening to it for the first time. Yep. And, it's and then, they, then, then they have Patrice in the, uh, in the studio with him and doing all these impressions and shit. And he's right. just cracking up, you know, just, right. just. And he had that big laugh. So he it did have a big laugh. So, yeah. It did make it a lot, a lot more funny, but man. But if you get an opportunity, if you haven't heard it recently uh, on the on the YouTube's, yep. they they have the hundred uh, impressions of uh, Anthony Cumia, and sure. it's just oh man, just just absolutely funny and amazing. Yeah, dude, that show was that show was about was before its time, really, or I guess it was right on time because if it had come out now, it would have never made it, but <laughs> it would have just been a podcast somewhere. Yeah. Well, um, one of the last segments I heard on uh, Jocktober mm-hmm. is, is they were goofing on um, 
that uh, Nick Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that guy that was married to uh, what's her face, um, Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, yeah, and he he has the Nick Cannon show, right? And, and they were listen, they were they were you know goofing on a segment he was doing about the favorite Halloween candy. Okay. And they were taught, he goes, yeah, you know, I got the bottle tops or the bottle caps rather. And I did like this, you know, this, the sour patch kids and this, that, and the other, he goes, you know, one of the other things that I really liked was those little, those little wax Coke bottles with the juice inside because you just, you just pop the top off or you bite the top off and you drink the juice stuff. He goes, and I always like those wax lips, you know, those big wax lips. (laughs) Anthony came in with the funniest goddamn line. He goes, and if he ever wanted to hide them from someone, he would just put them on. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, I, I, you just have to listen really close because, man, there are just so many subtleties between him and Jim Norton. Oh, yeah. Just, just sliding something in there, just real subtle. And if you're not paying attention, it, you'll miss it. It's just yeah. funny as fuck, man. You had to listen close to catch all that stuff because stupid Opie was always trying to funnel back to the fucking phones. You know, <laughs> they'd be telling some, those two'd be riffing oh. and just, just saying some funny shit. And then, then all of a sudden you hear Anthony go, ah, oh, Ian and Duluth, go. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you stopping the momentum of this? Well, I know everything there is to know about radio. I've been in it. Shut up. You don't. Uh, it's I was listening. Um, there's a, I love these long drawn out five, eight, ten hours. Oh yeah. It's just, you, you just, just don't have great. to, don't have to touch a thing. You just let it yeah. play all day. Go. Well, there was one that was the greatest fights of Opie, Anthony and Jimmy when they're fighting with each other. Yeah. And I'm listening to the, it was Jim and Opie going at each other. And Jim was just destroying Opie, just destroying Opie. And Opie just kept going with, you don't know how to run a radio show. This is how you run a radio show. This is how, and it's like, dude, what are you? And one of the things that he said was I could leave right now and, and just start a new show and and it would be just as big. And it's like now, now history has played out. He did leave and has not been able to do a goddamn thing. That's true. You know, he doesn't even, he claims he has a podcast, but really it's just him fucking on the beach with his fucking f- Facebook FaceTime or whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. Facebook video or whatever. Yeah, yeah. FaceTime or whatever. But, uh, you know, I guess he did have like a deal with Westwood One or something, yeah, but that didn't last very long. They got rid of him after a year because he couldn't get any subs. Yeah, because it was a horrible pod. It was horrible. Yeah, there there was no substance to it at all, dude. It, it was him and um that 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 chef and that Vic Henley, both who died, I believe. I think both of those guys died in the in the year year and a half he was doing it. But that they would just go out to a bar or something. And, dude, honestly, and, and I'm not slagging on these guys because they weren't pros making money doing it. But it was like some talking of those metal. early talking metal segments. Yeah, it was a talking where, metal. Where Opie would just set the fucking recorder on the table and he'd start ordering beers and he'd be like, hey, you're, you're a waitress here. How long have you been a waitress? And it was like, who gives a shit? You know, what do they put into the fucking nachos? What? Why? Why are we listening to this shit? It was so bad. I tried. Yeah. I, I wanted to, you know, I always want to support Opie and Anthony, you know, but man, his podcast is fucking garbage. Well, I, I tell you, I tell you, and I think we even talked about this on the show that one of the biggest changes uh, came when, when Opie got married. Oh yeah, and and ha- and started having kids mm-hmm. because he started interjecting what the wife said. Yeah, you know, and Jimmy's not married, Anthony's not married. They're they they made their reputation on just being you know carefree, give a fuck guys. 
Right. And then Opie started with the, well, the wife said, mm-hmm. aren't you ashamed of yourself? And then the wife said, how do you carry on like that? You're representing both of us now. Yeah. Do we you have know? to do that porn stuff? Because yeah. I, my wife won't like that when I get shut up. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that definitely put a damper, you know, on, on the show because, you know, obviously the, the chemistry between Opie and Anthony, uh, in their, in their prime. Right. was dirty. Yeah. It was, was great. But then it started in what the, well, the wife said, and the Mm -hmm. wife was asking me if, you know, uh, how could I, how could I, uh, face myself in the morning when I said this, that, and the other, and well, you know, we got a kid now and you know, (laughs) that, that kind of a thing. And it's just like, boy, that just, that just put that fire out. Yeah. It just was done. Mm Mm-hmm. Miss that show, man. I do. Well, there's plenty. There's plenty of old archive stuff to listen to as I've been discovered more and more. (laughs) Much, much like you, I listen to it at least a little every week. (laughs) But, but this week with the with the hundred impressions, holy shit, that's good stuff. They're just so just amazing stuff in there, and and uh, but the but the Andrew Dice Clay impressions are just the funniest, man. (laughs) Just priceless. It is. Yeah. And I know that, uh, you know, Andrew is, is, um, you know, friends with Anthony and sure. has obviously been on his, uh, Kumia network and things mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, but, uh, that, that's gotta be kind of weird for dice to, to hear Anthony doing impressions of him. Oh yeah. That's you know? <laughs> oh, well, I, and on, on the network and, and even on ONA, he did it in front of him. Yeah, I know he did. That was the great was he would do dice and say something, and then he would say it back. It was like just as just ridiculous how good the impression was. So was, funny. Yeah, then he was doing born again dice. Yeah, because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I had to change the studs on the back of my jacket to say Andrew Disciple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, at one point on, on Kumia Network, he was Muslim dice. <laughs> that was fucking funny, too. He was, he was, he, he was, you know, saying things about Allah and stuff. <laughs> just, you'd have to see it. It's funny. It was in the very early days of the, of, you know, the compound. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> yeah good stuff so well anyway if if you're listening if you're looking for something to listen to aside from us it's out there lots 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 of funny shit you know my my nephew who's you know a bit younger you Mm -hmm. know he's discovering a lot of that sure and and it's just like yeah i'm glad you know you you pointed that out to me because you know some of that stuff is just really funny because you know he was just he was just very young when when you know they were at their height of popularity sure and so he, he wasn't, a, you know, he wasn't aware of it or could listen to it. And now, you know, now that he's an older adult and kind of discovering it, it's just like, holy shit, this was great. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Nothing to listen to like that today. No, not at all. <laughs> what a world we live in. Yep. All right. What do you say we take a break? Sounds like a plan to me, man. Well, coming up, uh, I guess we got an interview. We do. We're going to talk to, um, Anthrax guitarist John Donay. Okay. He's, he's um he's obviously working with Anthrax and you know they're working on a new album and um he also has another band that he's doing kind of like a local band just local to he lives up in um in the Boston area. Okay. And he he's doing like a local band called Living Wreckage and they have some gigs next starting next week. They're doing like gigs all month. So he wanted to come on and, and promote that stuff. So I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) You're you're a replacement player in anthrax. Why not have him on? He's probably cooler than the actual fucking (laughs) regulars in anthrax. Cause they've proven not to be that cool. Most of them. So, you know, well, I'll take somebody that seems cool other over Scott or Charlie. That's for damn sure. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're talking about anthrax, as you're well aware, my favorite era of anthrax is uh, the John Bush era. Sure. So uh, why don't you pick a John Bush era anthrax tune? All right. I'm going to go with um, 
uh, b- 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 superhero from We've Come For You All. Okay, excellent. All right, well, we'll uh, take a break, go and play a few songs and come back, and we'll uh, talk to uh, John Donay right. from Anthrax. So here it is. It's Anthrax exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. And hand